0: com. What's up everybody this is dan thompson from the and this is the around association association podcast for october 28th 2018 this is the uh the nba power ranking edition of the podcast so for those who have read my power rankings online at around the association.com this is the reasoning behind why i have the teams ranked the way they are throughout the nba so for the next Ten, fifteen, 15 or so minutes. We're going to talk about the power rankings I have going down from 1 through 30 in the NBA. And then, uh, probably later on tonight, there'll be another podcast based on Tyron Lu and the firing that happened in Cleveland this afternoon. Follow me on Twitter at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, the number three Thompson on Twitter, also around the association.com also the Facebook page, which is around the association radio. So let's look at the top 20, the top 30 of the entire NBA. So, Number one and number two were kind of interchangeable. The Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks have been two of the best teams in the NBA so far at the start of the season. And ironically, both those teams play on Monday night inside of Air Canada Center. The Toronto Raptors were a team that we all saw at the beginning of the season that went through a lot of changes. Nick Nurse is the head coach. They traded uh, arguably the greatest player of all time in this franchise's history in DeMar DeRozan to San Antonio. They ended up acquiring a top five player, probably the best player they've ever had on a roster at one point in time. And Kawhi Leonard added Danny Green. And even with the 6-0 start, they've also made some changes. They kind of went smaller in the lineup. Jonas Valachunas is now coming off the bench now. They're now starting a a different lineup that includes Serge Ibaka at the center position. But guess what? What hasn't been different is the fact that the Raptors are one of three teams in the NBA that are undefeated right now. The Raptors are 6-0. They're playing the best basketball they've played in a long time. And guess what? As much as Kyle Lowry has shown that it might be a little different the way he's feeling right now, we definitely can understand that. Kyle Lowry's playing some of the best basketball of his entire career right now. In the, in the first six games, averaging right under 20 points a game, leads the NBA in assists. He's shooting over 50% from the floor, over 50% from the three-point line, and over 80% from the free throw line. On top of that, Valishunas has been putting up the same production he was as a starter, coming off the bench and doing really well with the second unit. And remember, this team has still had injuries. Fred VanVleet missed a couple games. Uh OG Anobi was out for a game or so. And guess what? Nick Nurse has somehow found Norman Powell. So the Raptors have been playing some of the best basketball in the NBA on top of the fact that they've already beat the Boston Celtics already. They're 6-0. Now, at number two is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks last night beat the Orlando Magic 113-91. Really wasn't much of a game. But if you look at the Bucks so far to start the season, they beat in Philadelphia. They're undefeated. And guess what? They have, the Raptors, they have the Raptors tomorrow night. On top of that, Giannis has been Giannis, but... If you look at the rest of the team, Chris Middleton has been just phenomenal to start the season. Uh Middleton is is, is in a free agent year, of course, as we all know. But if you look at Chris Middleton's numbers over the first six games, Middleton has been uh right around 21, almost 22 points a game. But the real number is that he's shooting 51% from the floor and 57% from downtown. It's not like he's shooting two threes a game. He's shooting seven threes a game and he's hitting at a 51% clip. The one thing about Chris Middleton, people didn't realize that Chris Middleton has scored more points, is scoring better than paint than he ever has. We've all known about the game, his spot shooting is all is his defense, but what he's doing at the offensive end, especially with the accuracy from the shot, has been just phenomenal. An effective shooting percentage of almost 67% from the floor, and don't forget they have five guys in double figures. Everybody who starts is in double figures. Ursan Ilyasova is averaging, what, almost six and a half rebounds a game off the bench. They're getting the same production from John Henson. Dante DiCenzo is um, I think he had a career high last night against Orlando's averaging almost eight points a game. The Bucs are scoring a lot of points. They're playing some great basketball. And let's be honest, they're just they're just good. Now the Golden State Warriors are at five and one. Um, they take on the uh the they're number three, and they're taking on the Brooklyn Nets this afternoon, uh tonight, uh, at Barclays Center. Listen, The only loss that came to the the Warriors was to the Denver Nuggets, and Nuggets were undefeated at the time, and at the time, the Nuggets were the only team in the NBA not allowing 100 points in any of the games, and they were held to 98. Outside of that, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant have been scoring at an insane rate. Uh, Curry had 51 earlier in the week. Durant had 45, I think it was Friday night, uh, in the Garden. Uh, Most of those came in the fourth quarter. Curry had most of his, I think all his in the three quarters. Listen, the Golden State Warriors are still the best team in the NBA. You know, I said it in an earlier uh in the preseason podcast. They're the best team in the NBA. I remember DeMarcus Cousins still hasn't played a game yet, and they're still playing this way with Klay Thompson shooting horribly from the floor. Just imagine when Klay gets himself completely on gate and all point engaged and how good the Warriors are going to be after that. The Pelicans are number 4 at 4-0. I know it's kind of weird to have a team undefeated below a team that's got one loss. But if you think about the the Pelicans' major win so far this season was against the Houston Rockets opening night. No offense to the other three teams they've beaten. They haven't beaten anybody that has on a high-quality level. They play again Sunday night. Um, they won again last night. So the Pelicans right now, like I said, they're, they're undefeated. You know, And listen, Anthony Davis didn't have his best game the other night, but it's still Anthony Davis. is still one of the best players in the entire NBA. Um, Miritich has helped out to a great start. Uh, Drew Holiday's is picking up right where right he left off, but the real surprise has been Alfred Payton. Now, a guy that I've I've had you know many conversations about Alfred Payton on many occasions, Payton's off to a great start. Now, besides Julius Randle's good play, payton has been the difference maker so far. Uh it seems like he's starting to figure it out. And not to mention in Alfred's case, he's this is the most talent he's ever played around. He's never played around a top five player in the in the in the, in the NBA. Drew Holiday is one of the more underrated players in the entire league. Julius Randle's off to a phenomenal start. Like I said, Miritich is shooting the ball very well. Listen, the Pelicans will finally they'll have some they'll have some things they have to work on in the next couple of days, but remember, if Peyton continues to play this and the one thing about Elfred we've known in the past is that his plus minus has not been good. If his plus minus stays very high, that means he's playing very good basketball. So it is a good start for the Pelicans. They're still undefeated. So I do like the way they've been playing basketball. So the Detroit Pistons last night, um, they ended up losing last night. Um uh, I forgot who they lost to last night offhand, but the Pistons were, they're playing some good basketball. Uh Blake Griffin had a phenomenal night, a phenomenal game a couple nights ago. We uh, put the NBA's first 50 point game up of the season against, of course, the Philadelphia 76ers. But listen, Detroit under Dwayne Casey is off to a great start. And what, what's been the big thing for Detroit is besides Griffin, besides Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson's healthy. And remember, I said it earlier in the year. If Reggie Jackson's healthy, Detroit's a playoff team. But because Reggie Jackson hasn't been healthy over the years, they haven't, you know, they haven't done what they're supposed to. The Pistons are at 4-1, actually. Uh, if they haven't been, if he hasn't been healthy, the Pistons don't play well. If he's healthy, the Pistons are a completely different level. I like the way, I like what they have. And once our Reggie Bullock and those guys start knocking down shots consistently, if the Pistons can stay at this format and Blake Griffin keeps playing the way he's playing, because Griffin's the MVP candidate so far in the first week and a half of the season, the Pistons will be in great shape. Uh, I got the Denver Nuggets listed at number six. Listen, the Nuggets lost one game, but at one point the Nuggets were the only team that in the first 4 games of the season didn't allow 100 points. They allowed 100 points the other night to Sacramento, uh, but if you watch the Denver Nuggets, they're playing these games without injured Will Barton, Isaiah Thomas has to hit the floor, and Michael Michael Porter Jr. still we don't know when he's even coming back. The Nuggets are one of these teams that if they were in the Eastern Conference, they would contend because they're so deep. And they're so good. And Nikola Jokic is just a dream to watch. If you have NBA League Pass and you have the ability to watch them on a nightly basis, he's the guy you want to watch. Uh, Portland's at number seven on my list. Listen, I, I Portland was in Orlando on Thursday night. And I, was, uh, I was a witness to Damian Willis' 41 points, including the 34 in the second half. And I, I will now call the infamous heckle game going forward. Lillard is just that good. I mean, Lillard has put himself in that level of, I think he's consideration at the bottom part of the top 10 overall players in the entire league. I mean, he's just that good of a player. Uh Lillard's doing more than just scoring. He's averaging almost five, re- I think close to five rebounds, almost seven assists a game, Uh scoring definitely over 30 points a game. CJ McCallum is still CJ McCallum. But the one guy that people don't and haven't talked about much is Zach Collins. We talk about Nurkic being the, b- the big man down a little bit. Zach Collins is getting better and better. After a year where, you know, he's just learning the post game. Remember, he wasn't a start at Gonzaga, but Collins is getting much more comfortable. And if you really watch that game against Orlando on Thursday, Mo Bamba reminds me of what Zach Collins was a year ago. A guy that's still learning the game and that one year has made Zach Collins such a better, so much of a better player. Boston's at eight and four and two. Listen, the Celtics are still just trying to get used to everybody being healthy. Kyrie Irving has not even come close to where he is. Gordon Hayward still in mid restriction and still finding his way on the floor. But Jason Tay has been good. Um, Mark uh, Marcus Morris, not Markeith. Marcus Morris has been knocking down shots left and right. Al Horford's Al Horford and the Celtics are just deep. Aaron Baines has been a, 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 a revelation off the bench. And Brad Stevens is still one of the best coaches in the NBA. They're four and two. And remember, they still haven't gotten Kyrie Irving to play his best game of the season yet. And Gordon Hayward, we probably won't see Gordon Hayward be Gordon Hayward probably until around Christmas time. It, those injuries take a while, especially is gaining the confidence and just knowing how good he really is and getting that confidence back on himself. Number nine is the Indiana Pacers. They're at four and two. Listen, the Pacers are one of those teams that they are just quiet. They don't do. They don't get much attention. We all know how good Victor Oladipo is, but the one thing the Pacers have been really doing well the first six games is that they've been playing defense. They're only average, only allowing one hundred two points a game. And I know you're saying only allowing one hundred two points a game, when everybody in the NBA is scoring seem like seven hundred points a night. Allowing one hundred two points a game is actually a very, very good number. They're doing very. They're doing a lot of good things defensively. They're top ten in a lot of the major defensive categories. Um, three point percentage allowed, field goal percentage allowed. They're both in the top. eight eight in the entire NBA. They're allowing themselves to do better. But one thing that the, the, the Pacers have been doing besides the defensive end, they're hitting shots. They're second in the NBA field goal percentage as of this recording. So on top of that, they're also leading the NBA in three-point percentage. So when, you have, when you're hitting enough shots and you're playing solid defense, you're going to win. And we haven't even seen the best of Miles Turner yet. Turner still is – Miles Turner is still the difference in the team. If Miles Turner gets himself together and he starts doing what he's doing, he's only averaging 12 points, a little under six rebounds a game. He's still averaging two blocks a game, but Miles Turner takes that leap the Pacers are so dangerous and not to, but one thing about Indiana that you have to realize is that they have six guys in double figures and Corey Joseph and Darren Collison are almost at eight at over eight points a game. Oh, forget Doug McDermott's at nine. So it's a balanced effort for the Pacers as they're, they're four and two start San Antonio is at number 10, rallying up the top 10. Uh They're at three and two. They're just ahead of Utah. Uh, what makes the Spurs, the Spurs, the fact that they have, they're ahead of Utah only because of the fact that they're still getting better and they're doing it at a three and two start without any type of major point guard play. Remember they've lost all their point guards. They're just down to what Patty, uh, Patty Mills is the main guy they have. Um, they're using Brent Forbes. Remember they're still missing Derek White. They're still missing uh Murray. Who's going to be gone for the entire season line. Walker's out. So, The Spurs being at three and two right in front of the Jazz right now. I think that's about the right sweet spot. Um, the only drawback with the Spurs is that they're giving up a lot of points. They're averaging, giving up right around 118 points a game, but they're, they're winning games. They, I mean, they beat the Lakers the other night. They beat the Lakers twice, actually. Uh, but for a three and two start, they beat LeBron twice. So that's, you know, a high start. You know, they, there's some differences. The Jazz are going to be right behind them, but, but the one thing with the Spurs so far in the early part of the season, Tamar DeRozan has been, Phenomenal. 27 and a half points a game, six rebounds, almost eight assists a game. So he's taken over that main playmaker role and he's on a mission to prove to the entire NBA, especially the people in Toronto that he should have never been traded in the first place. Jazz are at number 11, Clippers at number 12. Um, we still haven't seen the best Jazz game of the season. Uh, even though they gave, uh, even though they beat Houston in the night, um, uh, I mean, only allowed, only, only allowed 89 points to the Jazz or to the Rockets. Remember James Harden got hurt in that game and, up until that game, um, Donovan Mitchell have been struggling from the floor, scoring the basketball. I like the Jazz. Um, just ahead of the Clippers, uh, you know, the Clippers are a team. They're the Clippers. They have a game on Sunday night. Um, those two are kind of interchangeable. I love the way the Clippers have been using um, the rookie, Scow, uh Grigas Alexander. He's been really, really been... Uh, one of the under the radar rookies so far, especially getting fourth quarter match for Doc Rivers squad. Um, especially guarding some of the better guards in the NBA in that second unit. So 14, we have the Philadelphia 76ers at three and three. Um, they're just ahead of the Miami Heat. The Sixers are ahead of the Heat because the Sixers have played a tougher schedule. Remember, they they were in the Detroit Detroit game without Ben Simmons. They've also played Milwaukee. They've also played Boston. They have played Charlotte, who who's actually been an up and down team, they actually have Charlotte right behind Philadelphia in the in my power rankings. But they've played some really, really good teams to start the season. And I would say strength of schedule, but the fact of the quality opponents of six have been playing, you know, that's the reason why they're where they are. And remember I said they've missed Simmons for a game. Embiid's been really good. And there's so many, and Robert Covington played his best defensive game of the season last night against Charlotte, uh, holding Kimball Walker. I know Walk, it says 37 in the scorebook, but it took Kimball Walker 37 shots, 31 shots to get 37 points. Hornets are at 13. The Hornets are at 15, right, right in front of the Heat. The Heat are three and two. Uh, Miami, uh, they've had their moments. Uh, they played, they didn't do well in opening night against Orlando. Uh, they blew out the Knicks the other night. And the one thing about the Heat is that the Heat have been missing guys in the rotation they still haven't got Dion Waiters who won't be back for a while Wayne Ellington has I don't think even he's even hit the floor yet Justice Winslow um there's still James Johnson's missed games they're still missing guys out of the rotation and they're still getting better but Rodney Magruder has been one of the most underrated players and probably the most undervalued player in the NBA in the first week and a half most folks don't know who Rodney Magruder is Magruder started of uh he had was his for, rookie season? I think he started about 45, 50 games his rookie season started two games last year. Magruder has come into the starting lineup. He's averaging, I think, over 17 points a game. He's been playing solid defense, been hitting three point shots. He's really been a very, very stabilizing force on top of Drogic, on top of, of Whiteside. And, you know, bad by the buyers up and down, but Magruder's been really one of those and Josh Richardson. Magruder's been the best player to me. That no one has been paying attention to to start the season. All right. The Memphis Grizzlies are at three and two. Uh, they're just ahead of the Sacramento Kings. Uh, yes, I know Memphis and Sacramento just played the other night. I think, I think they just played last night. I want to say, and I want to say the Kings won again last night. I think the Kings beat them last night. Uh, but here's the thing with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have been in transition and I always take a team that's, if it's a kind of a tie beats the runner, the Grizzlies right now, um, at three and two, They've been playing solid defense. Uh They beat things other They beat things last night. But if you look at their, if you look at what they've been doing, their pace is down, but the defensive rating is up. The the, the Grizzlies have been doing this really without finding anything solid on the swing and the wing position so far. Marcus uh is, is out with that day day injury. Chandler Parsons has been Chandler Parsons. But if you look at what the Grizzlies have done, Jaron Jackson has now been in the starting lineup. Uh, Kyle is still trying to figure things out, but if you look at guys that have been under the radar, Garrett Temple, a guy that has always gotten buckets over the career, over his career, has been doing it 13 and a half points a game since he's been, uh, in the, the five stars that he has. Um, what's really been interesting is the fact of Dylan Brooks had such a solid season last year, he's kind of regressed a little bit, but. Jaron Jackson has now gotten in the starting lap, start the last couple games. He's at 13 points. He's averaging a steal in a block a game and almost six rebounds a game. Um, I think he's been playing in the absence, you know, of Jermichael Green, uh, who's only playing in the two games so far this season. Green still hasn't gotten rotation. Kyle Aaron's, like I said, has missed a lot of time. But I like the Grizzlies and what they've been playing with uh so far to start of the season. And the Grizzlies, you know, the Grizzlies are solid. The Kings have Kings have who got out for a very, very slow start, Is actually won in the last couple games. Listen, the kings have marvin uh, marvin bagley and bagley is going to be a stud in this league once he he's been been so studly over the last couple of games and with the kings is that they beat washington the other night and they go into miami they're on the road for miami tomorrow but what the kings have been doing is that they've been playing at a high pace their fourth in the nba in pace um but the Kings issue has been giving up points. The Kings are 20th in the NBA giving up points so far in the season. But back to the Bagley point, um, in their last two games, I said they beat Memphis the other night on the 24th, which I know, I, I know I say, why is Memphis in front of them? But like I said Memphis is three and two. Kings are three and three. That's the reason why they're in front of them. But for a team at one point that was one and three, they won the last two games and they won. They've won it with defense. Um, they gave up 112 points to a Wizards team that still is, Still figuring themselves out, and they will be figuring themselves out for a while. But they also gave only 92 points to Memphis, um, uh, earlier in the week. What the what what the um, Kings have been doing is they somehow got Amon Shumpert and Amon Shumpert worth uh worth value again. Shumpert's been off to a great start so far this season. Um, they inserted him in the starting lineup a couple nights ago. Him and Belitz have just been lights out. Belize, like I said, came over from Minnesota, averaged 13 points and seven rebounds a game. Shumpert's at 10 points. Um, the rebounds are about three and a half. He's been doing well in assists, but he's been doing very well defensively. On top of the fact that, like I said, Marvin Bagley is every bit ready to be a stud in this league. Bagley is so immensely talented. Kings fans are looking at uh, uh, Doncic out in, D- in Dallas and wondering, okay, why didn't we take him in the draft? But Bagley, when given time, is going to be good. Bagley is playing 24 minutes tonight. has not started a single game, but remember, he's averaging 13 points, seven and a half rebounds. He's second on the team rebounding and coming off the bench. He's still, all, he's got so much talent, so much ability. Him and Fox, Belitz has been playing really well. Buddy Yield is actually knocking down shots. Buddy Yield's at 17 and a half points, 17.2 points a game. Fox has been reading the offense. Hey, listen. The Kings might not be doing this uh later on the season, but but enjoy it now. Uh we're going that we're now at 17. We're at 18 with the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers lost again last night. They're two and four. Listen, the fight LeBrons still they're this high because Brandon Ingram has been suspended. Rondo is back on I think on Monday, I think for the next game, Rondo is back. If he didn't, I think he played last night, but Rondo is Rondo's coming back. Brandon Ingram is suspended. So with losing guys like Ingram and Rondo from the rotation, yes, Lonzo Balls are playing well. Yes, Josh Hart's in the starting lineup. We all know how good Kyle Kuzma is, but we still haven't seen the Lakers with a full team since the second game of the season. They remember they, they played opening night against Portland. But remember, they didn't finish the game against Houston with a full team. Yes, they yes they played the majority of the game, but remember, there was a one point game before those guys got ejected, and we haven't seen this team fully with Brandon Ingram. We haven't really seen with Rajon Rondo. We haven't seen everything Luke Walton has to offer yet. So I still want to rank them at 18 only because of the fact of the Lakers still haven't gotten everybody. In the rotation. Hawks are at 19. Timberwolves at 20. And listen, if Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get this thing together pretty soon, this ranking is going to be even worse for the Timberwolves. I like the Hawks. Trey Young is getting better and better. But, of course, he has those moments. Look at the other. Uh, he had the 35 points in Cleveland. But look at him shooting the other night. It's going to be up and down, Hawks fans. Just expect it. But Torrey and Prince is really, really good. Um Brooklyn's at 20, 21. They play uh, Golden State on Sunday night uh in Brooklyn. The Nets... Listen, they're what I think the Nets are so talented. Karis Levert is looking healthier and healthier by the day. He's looking like he's gonna be a, a stud. It's like it's one of those things where you the, the the Nets might have they found lucky on the they finally struck goalness when Jerry Allen's been blocking shots. Um Levert scoring uh D'Angelo Russell's been D'Angelo Russell. I think he's out to be out for a pretty good start. Nets fans who just enjoy it while they enjoy the season. Uh, Lavert is really going to be good going down, going forward. Rockets are at 22 only because they're one and four. Remember, James Harden's hurt. Chris Paul was suspended. And, you know, they're still, they don't have Brandon Knight. They don't have Marquise Chris. They're still hurt. The Rockets are a team that's been without a lot of their players. Remember, they're still missing Trevor Reese. They're still missing Luke Barramute. They're missing a lot of their defense. And the problem with the Rockets. Is that they can't defend very well. So if you can't defend very well on top of the fact of you're missing so much scoring with hardened out, Paul out. We, we said we haven't seen Brandon and Marquise Chris. You're missing your two best offensive players and you're trying to rely offense on Eric Gordon and Carmel Anthony. You got a little bit of a problem. Orlando's at 23. Orlando's now 24 in the season. Listen, Magic fans have this unreal expectation down here in Orlando. It's be realistic here. The Magic are not as good as what as as what fans in Orlando want them to be. That's not such necessarily a bad thing. There's still a lot of growing pains. There's still a lot of mismatched parts of this roster. Fusevich has been really good. Uh Jer- Jonathan Isaacs up and down. Gordon's had his moments. Uh, Mo Bamba had a very, very good opening night, but he's still, at this point, still worrying more about shooting on the perimeter than is being in the inside, and he's still learning how to play NBA defense. Jonathan Simmons has been all right, but uh, Ter- Terrence Ross has been so good defensively, and he's starting to, start to not find his shot again. Uh, The Magic right now, are just a team right now that's still struggling at the point guard position, Um, DJ Augustine is really not playing to the level I thought he was going to be, but it's DJ Augustine. Jerry Grant has shown flashes at times, but the one thing about Steve Clifford's team is that so far that they've had a lot of defensive lapses and a lot of situations where they're not where they're supposed to be defensively, and it's going to take time. I don't know if this team, like I said, it's one thing about Steve Clifford's teams that they always make the playoffs and they always do better than what they're expected, at least the first year or two Steve Clifford's around. So it's two and four. It's early, but they're, they have, they've had some good moments. Like I said, the Boston game where they were just completely dominant over the Celtics Monday, last Monday was really, really good. But then you have moments like you had Thursday where they just completely stopped, uh, and let Damian Lewis do what he wanted to on Thursday. And then, you, and then you had what happened last night with Milwaukee and they just couldn't, they just, there was no rotation. There was no ball movement. Um, Dallas is 24. Listen, the the Mavericks are getting better. They're getting better. They're getting better. They'll probably be higher on my list, hopefully, in the next two weeks when we we do the next uh, next version of this. But, I like the way what Luka Doncic is doing. I like that backcourt, him and Dennis Smith. DeAndre Jordan has been a really, really good rebound of the basketball. And remember, the Mavericks haven't had a healthy Harrison Barnes yet either. Barnes just got back in the lineup. So, If they're playing okay, they're playing five hundred ball or close to five hundred ball without Harrison Barnes, a healthy Harrison Barnes. If they continue to play the way they're doing, Wesley Matthews has actually been better than I thought he was going to be. If he if they can get to play decent ball and Harrison Barnes get back to the form he had last year, Dallas is a sleeper in the Western Conference. All right. Before I go, the Washington Wizards are at twenty five. All right. It's time for Washington to make a change at this point. We have gone through this for a very, very long time. The Brad Beal John Wall dynamic. I don't know what's going on there. worry got out of the loss to Sacramento. Guys have their own agendas, and we're at five games into the season, and guys have their own agendas about getting shots, not getting the ball. Auto Porter can't find the rim. Uh, the only been only thing that's been really good so far has been Markeith Morris. Uh, Morris uh, saved it- that one get one victory this season. Morris saved them from uh, behind the three point line, but. For Washington to be so talented that being at a one in four starts is kind of alarming. Now Washington does not have Dwight Howard, who's still out with um an injury to his um a lower a lower back injury, we're gonna call it on the show, but he's still injured. He has not played, didn't even go he hasn't been anywhere near a Wizards no on the floor for the Wizards at all. The Wizards gotta get together. I mean, they're still finding themselves, but if guys have their own problems and own situation in the locker room, this is not going to be pretty going forward. Oklahoma stays at twenty seven, and the reason why, even though they're zero and four, why I have them at twenty seven? Well, Russell Westbrook missed the opening two games of the season, and Westbrook is now getting himself back into game shape. It's going to take a little bit. One thing with the Thunder is that it's been two problems: they can't re- they can't hit the three point shot, and they can't defend. Hopefully, when Andre Robinson gets back, things will change. But they still don't have a shooter. Hey, Kyle Korver. Go get him, Oklahoma City. Knicks are at 28 and 1 and 5. Listen, it could have been better. Kevin Knox is injured. Perzingis is still out. But when Kevin Knox got hurt, it kind of changed things. Noel Vonley has been a very, very pleasant surprise. And they're starting to play Mitchell Robinson a little bit more. Even though Tim Hardaway's had a great start, and uh, Alonzo True has been a really, really quiet, uh, good addition, they're still starting guys like Damian Dobson in the lineup. It's not a good time to be a Knicks fan. Uh is at 29 at 1 and 4. Uh, They just lost to Memphis last night Uh, in uh, Memphis. Listen, the Phoenix Suns are a team that's going to run up and down, but as good as Devin Booker's been, they're still a point guard. DeAndre Ayton will probably win, will win rookie of the year because he's going to put big numbers. But until this team finds a point guard, it's not going to work. And Booker is getting better and better as a playmaker, but I just can't see them without a point guard. It's just a really bad struggle. And last but not least, the team who fired their head coach on Sunday is the Cleveland Cavaliers 0-6. They're 0-6. Their coach is fired. It is what we call a dumpster fire out in Cleveland right now. And I had them in the playoffs. I will be the first one to admit to it. I thought this is going to be completely different. I didn't think this would go this bad and this quickly. Kevin Love is that Kevin Love's injured. The front office wants guys to play the younger guys to play. And Tyron Lou wanted to wanted to play the veterans. Well, we know who won that battle. Tyron's gone. Got 50. Yeah. He had 15 million left on his contract. I wonder how much he got to be gone. Uh Larry Drew's now in charge for the next few weeks. And I'll, and I'll explain all that in a separate podcast later. But, the calves have struggled. The calves have been beaten up pretty badly. And I don't know if this is going to get better. For, this might get worse before it gets better. So let me know your thoughts. These are my extended thoughts on my power rankings. Follow me on Twitter at, NBA, uh, at Danny Thompson number three and Twitter, uh, rallyassociation.com, as well as the Facebook page. So the, the top, my power rankings will not be out every week. I would do them every other week. That way we have a little bit more of a sample size instead of doing things every single week. But I want to know your opinions. Let me know how you feel. Comment on the, comment on the article or comment on this podcast below. Follow the show and we'll catch you guys later. Peace.